right, everybody. Good morning. Good to have you with me today. Hope you're ready to rock and roll as we delve just a little bit deeper, dive just a little bit deeper into this process of becoming a creator. I want to talk about the first connector, what I call creative connectors, things that you cannot see that you fully possess, things that enable you to bring from the invisible to the visible, probably been functioning in these all of your life, but have never really had it focused or put into a sequence that you could understand. And most importantly, never been able to utilize to bring the kind of life to you that you really want. So let's, let's get into this a little bit. The initial step of being a creator, an active creator, of bringing from the unseen to the seen, the visible to the invisible, are the thoughts that you think. Now, if you don't get this, if this does not really settle in this morning, then you're putting a kink in the whole creative process. What I'm going to tell you this morning is extremely important. Now, I've talked about thoughts in the past. I want you just to put that on the burner for just a minute and let me talk to you just spirit to spirit this morning. Can I do that? I want to emphasize the importance of the thoughts that you think because that is the first connector. If we mess this one up, if our thoughts are not what we want them to be, then we're not going to end up with a visible manifestation, particularly of the life that we want to live. And it's also going to have repercussions as we get into this in the months that are ahead in the way that we're able to produce even for other people what it is that they're needing. <clears throat> now, creation is a process. It's a journey. It, there's, there's, there's a start and there's an end to the creative process. Even God had a process, took him six days to create ev everything that we have in the world. He went through a creative process of six days. It, I would call it a gestation period. The time from inception to the time that the creation manifests or its birth. Elephant takes, what, 22, 23 months. Uh, human, nine months. I think um, rabbits and squirrels are a lot quicker, maybe 30 days, but there's a process. Thoughts create and using them to create in a, in a way that is advantageous, in a way that God directed for us to utilize them is gonna be extremely beneficial to building the life that we wanna build. Now I wanna start with the scripture this morning, <clears throat> lay just a little bit of foundation, then I'm going to give you four strong points regarding your thought life, regarding the way that you think as it relates to creation. But let me just let me just hit some things here. Let me just flow a little bit. Let me just wander around just a little bit before I really zero in on what thoughts do. Mark chapter 7 and verse 13 says this, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down and many such things you do. Now, let me read that again. Making the word of God of no effect through your traditions, which you've handed down, and many other things that you do. Now, when he's talking about the word of God there, he's not talking about scripture. He's not talking about your leather-bound Bible. Nowhere does, does the scripture call itself the word of God. Um, <clears throat> the, the word of God that he's speaking to you is the word that he speaks to you personally. It's the word that's going to generate the thoughts that will be the entryway into the things that you want to create. Now, we've all been programmed. Every one of us, me, all of us here at the Digital Cathedral, we've been programmed, we've been indoctrinated, we've been trained by an example from other people through our years, 
in organized religion. We've all come through the process. And what we've been trained to do is to ask a God that is out there to come to where we are to meet our needs. Now, that's the thought that we had. That's, that's how we tried to produce in this natural life what it is that we felt that we needed. We would go and we would pray, pray to God who was out there. He was in heaven. We wanted God to come to where we were to meet the needs that we had. Now, the problem with this, and I don't know about you, but my prayer life was very frustrating, to say the least. Very frustrating because it produced very little results. So what did I do when my, when my prayer life did not produce results? Here's what I did. I doubled down on it. I would call other people. I'd call the prayer chain. I would call a special time of prayer at the church. And then just to make sure that we were on the right track, we would put another ingredient into prayer, like maybe fasting or maybe a sacrificial offering. Surely that would move the hand of God. The, pro the problem is it just was not productive. And the reason it wasn't productive, well, on many levels, there are reasons it wasn't productive. But the big reason is because it was a picture of separation. So the thoughts that I were, was thinking that I needed, I, I had thoughts of separation from myself and from God, from myself and the kingdom, from myself and the thing that I hoped that God would, would, uh, would bring to pass in my life. And it was very frustrating, very unproductive. But What's that old definition of insanity? You continue to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And honestly, that's that's how the prayer life of most believers is. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, even though it doesn't produce much result. Now, here's what I want to do. So just stick with me. I want to bang out about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scriptures for you that are going to give you the Father's perspective on this, Jesus' perspective, and even some of the early apostles on this creative process, the things that entered into them that helped them to bring to pass the things that they truly desired. So I'm going to hit the book of John real hard this morning. And I'm going to get to four points in just a minute about the, the, the creative connector of your thoughts. But I'm just wanting you to see the first, first thing we got to realize is that there is no separation. We've lived a life of separation. We were groomed in separation. We prayed in a way that uh, highlighted separation, and that was not the Father's plan. So let me, just, let me just defuse that one right off at the start of this creative process. And I just want to walk you through John, and I'm going to start in John chapter 10, and I'm not going to make a lot of comment on these scriptures because I got a lot of ground to cover this morning, but I want you to see the, the, the mindset, the mindset that is absolutely imperative as we enter into this creative process. John chapter 10 and verse 36, Jesus said, do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, watch, I am the Son of God. That was Jesus's first and well-established I am. First thing that he, he said is, I am the Son of God. You have got to get that firmly established in your thinking that you are indeed a son or daughter of God. You're not striving to become. You're not trying to uh, repent and confess and be. The fact is, you are. So that was the first thing. That was the mindset that Jesus came from right off the bat. He was the son of God, a son of God. You are a son of God. All right, let's keep going. Come over just a couple chapters to John chapter 
13. I'm going to build on this for you because this is the mindset that we have to have. This is the mindset that will produce the thoughts that you desire, that you want, that's going to create for you the life that you desire. John chapter 13. Hope you don't mind me reading so many scriptures. I know some of you are a little adverse to scripture. I'm not adverse to scripture. It gives insight. It gives clarity. It helps us understand some things. And I don't want to get into a, 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 a you know a, a thing on scripture, but I'm going to read some scripture just to give you some background here. John chapter 13 and verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, he knew that God had given all things into his hands. First thing he established, he's a son. Second thing he established, God has placed all things into his hands. Now, as I come through these, I want you to establish these for yourself too. We're developing a mindset here. We're developing a mindset. First, first facet is, I am a son of God. Second is, he has placed all things into my hands. If he placed them in the hands of Jesus and we are as he is, then he's placed them into our hands as well. Where are they? We can't see them. We can't, we can't lay our hands on them. They're all in the realm of the invisible, but they're there. So what this creative series that I'm doing on is to help us and instruct us uh, in very practical ways how to pull from the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. First thing, Son of God. Second thing, all things into the hands of this one, me, you, when we confess, I am a son of God. All right, let's, let's keep tracking here. John chapter 14 and verse 20. Now he's going to bring you into the picture. John chapter 14 and verse 20. He said, Jesus said, and at that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. So the third thing that he establishes is that we are involved in the same thing he established in John 10 and 13. Son of God, all things placed into our hands. He now brings us into this, into this view as well. Now he prays in John chapter 17 and verse 18. Now this is important because we're going to make it just a little, little shift here. He says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. How did the Father send him into the world? Knowing he was a son, all things placed into his hands. Um, he was one with the Father. And now he brings us in and says, you need to know that you are one with the Father. I'm in you, you're in me, I'm in the Father. And you need to know in this 17th chapter, this is all good stuff, that the way that the Father sent him into the world, which was well-equipped, well-enabled to produce what he needed, in his life, bringing from the invisible to the visible. So he says, the same way the Father sent me, I'm sending you, no less. No less with the ability to create. Then he says in John chapter 20, this is post-resurrection, John chapter 20 and verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now that's a that's a tremendous stamp on these guys after after the resurrection. They, that should have given them a mindset. They should have been thinking the thoughts that they had exactly what Jesus had as they walked out into the world. Now, evidently, Peter got it because I've read that scripture so many times from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, where Peter said that we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, right? So that's, that's exactly what Jesus was saying. Everything has been placed 
into our hands. And that's what Peter is saying. He's saying, this is the mindset. This is the way that we need to think. All right, one more scripture here and I'll be done for a little bit. John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak in my own authority. So the thoughts that Jesus, the, the words that Jesus was thinking did not come from his own thoughts. The words that Jesus spoke did not come from his thoughts. The words that you speak need to not come from your thoughts. Then he, he finishes that verse out. He said, I don't do these things under my authority, but the Father who dwells in me, the Father that dwells in me, he just, he just, he just makes it so um, adamant that there's absolutely no separation. Now, the way that you and I were groomed, and what I said at the very start of this introduction, the way you, you and I were groomed was to pray to a God out there. That's what we thought. This was our mindset. These were the thoughts that entered our head that we needed to pray diligently. We needed to pray consistently. We needed to keep praying. And uh, if it didn't work, then we doubled down on what we did. We'd get other people to join us. We'd call the prayer chain. We'd try to fill a stadium up. We'd do whatever we had to do, we thought, to twist the arm of God. We'd add fasting, we'd add sacrificial giving, just so many things that religion came up with to try to get done what needed to be done when I think we've been going down the wrong trail the whole time. It's not the way Jesus went. It's not the way the apostles went. Jesus is making it clear that the way the Father sent him into the world, well able to produce uh, from five loaves and two fish, able to create food that would feed 20,000 people, well able to create the gold coin in the fish's mouth to pay their tax, well able to create healing for the leper, well able to create healing for those that were blind, well able to raise from the dead and create life from those that appeared to be dead. There's a creative force that was active in the life of Jesus and that's the way the Father sent him into the earth. So listen, if that's the way the Father sent him, then that's the way he also sent us. Here's the acid test. Here's the acid test. Here's where I want you to be right now. If I say Father, Christ, Jesus, kingdom, um, heaven, if I say those things, the first thing does the first thing that come into your mind is they're there, or do you look within and know that they are within? If you see any of those things apart from you, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna to continue to scramble around, hit and miss. Some things that you pray about uh, from out there, yeah, they may show up, but the thoughts of separation do not co-create. When Jesus said, it's the Father in me that does the works. Jesus was saying that I, Jesus the man, the human man, the, the, the human part of me, cooperates and, and co-labors, co-creates with the Father. The Father in me, he does the works. But if you don't see the Father in you, there's no creative power and force within you to co-create with you. Now let me just ask you a question. Just a question. Don't, don't get angry with me. I'm just going to ask you a question. Could it be possible that we now see that the creator of the universe, the creative power dwells within us, that he has made a habitation within us. He has made his life within us. Is it, is it possible that he has completed all creation and he has put all things into our hands exactly as he put into the hands of Jesus? 
Is it possible that he has empowered us as he empowered Jesus to co-create with him? Is it possible that he has said to us, I'm sending you into the world the same way I sent Jesus into the world, that you can manifest and bring from the invisible to the visible, the unseen to the seen. Is that possible? I believe it is. I believe it's working now today within us as we understand this process of creation. I believe he created us to be co-creators. I don't believe he created us to ball and squall and beg and plead for him to come do for us what he has enabled us to do for himself. All starts with a thought. All starts with a thought. There are creative connectors that you have that you can utilize, that you can put to work on your behalf, that you can't see, that you can't see, but you know are real. And they bridge the gap. I, I, I came up with that this week. They really bridge the gap. I've called them connectors, but they are, are, are they bridge the gap between the seen, the unseen, the visible, and the invisible. We all read and we all believe, at least I hope we believe, that nothing is impossible to I am that I am. When the angel appeared to Mary, Mary said, how can these things be? And the angel said, Gabriel said, with God, all things are possible. And then we turn right around and read where Jesus said to us, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So everything that I am, everything that I create comes out of the creative source and the power of I am that I am that lives within me. He's not off somewhere. He's not out there. He's not separate from me. I took time to read nine scriptures that totally uh, contradicted this separation that we have been groomed with. And it's so hard for us to shed. I understand it's hard to shed. It's hard to get rid of that concept that God is out there and I'm here and I need to get him to come from where he is to where I am to meet my needs. But he's trying to get across to us that he lives within us. Paul said, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God, that the spirit of God lives within you? So everything that I am comes out of I am that I am. I'm an extension of him. We operate in union one together. So Paul said it like this. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, he said, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. That's, that's exactly where we are to be. We are to be imitators of God as dear children. So how does this creative process begin? All right, let's get into this. I just, I, I felt like I had to lay that foundation down because some of you wrestle with the idea of separation still. I know that you do because of what you, you say to me, message me. You struggle with this idea of separation. Jesus just laid it to rest and I've done everything that I can right now to let you know that whether you feel like it or not, you're the temple of the living God. The creator of the universe lives within you. And the same way he sent Jesus into the world, he sends us. This is the day that we need to know that we are in him. Jesus is in us. We are in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. So how does this creative process start? It starts with a thought. That's my emphasis this morning. A thought. A thought. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, the creative process of God, he set the pattern. started with a thought. He said this. He said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man. That was the thought. Let us make man. That's a very focused thought. That's a thought that's that's very uh, specific. That's a thought that has focus. It has a goal to it. Let us make man. He didn't say, let us make a monkey. Let us make a donkey. He said, let us make man. That was, that was the thought that God had. Everything created begins with a thought. 
I've told you that and told you that and told you that. I hope it's ingrained into you and you're beginning to see that a focused thought that has intention, focused intention, is the beginning of the process. You do, you do absolutely nothing but what you first think about at first. So all I want to do this morning, what I'm trying to get down this morning, is for you to look at this first connector that is invisible. You cannot see thoughts. See, those of you who think, I, I, I can't deal in this unseen, I can't deal in this invisible, you deal in it all the time. Thoughts are invisible. You cannot see a thought, and yet you create and you generate thoughts continually. In fact, I think I might have mentioned this at the, at the secret place. Uh, I googled how many thoughts do we have a day, and the, the answers varied, but it seemed to be around 6,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. So what I'm trying to do this morning is to get you to see that this begins with a focused thought that has a specific goal and intention. You have got to know specifically what it is that you want to create. That's got to be the thought. Now, this might be the most important connector. Every week as I go through these, I'm probably going to say this is the most important connector. But I, I, I think this we almost have to agree this could be the most important connector because if we don't get the thought exactly as we want it to manifest, then there's a kink. There's a there's a um, there's a a problem with the creative um, creative process. So the thought has got to be right. This is extremely important. And we need to understand that everything we see in the visible began with an invisible thought. Somebody had to think of a car, it had to be a thought. That was a thought. We can build this horseless carriage. The house that you live in started with a builder's thought and then he built a blueprint. We'll get to that next week. But everything you see started with a thought. The shirt that I wear, there was a designer had a thought how to blend the colors and how to make it and what fabric to use. It all started with a thought. I'm going to make a shirt. In uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23, it says that God framed the world through the words that he spoke. Every word that you speak originates with a thought. Words originate, they come from the thoughts that you think. So the, 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 the dimension that we don't see, the dimension that thoughts initiate is the realm that has longevity and has power. If God created everything that we see out of what we don't see, then you've got to begin to consider that what we don't see is where the real world lies. That's where the power is. That's where the longevity is. Paul tells us that. He said, the things that you see are temporary. They're subject to change. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. They're like, you know, smoke vapor. They just appear, but then they, they're all of a sudden gone. But the things Paul said that are eternal are are uh, things that are unseen are eternal. So that's what we're dealing with here. The things that we're bringing into visibility from the invisible into the seen from the unseen are things that are eternal that God has already created. Creation is done. Every car you'll ever drive, every, every uh, rocket ship you'll ever take to another planet, already been created in the mind of the master creator. Now, I am has come up with some ideas and it starts with a thought. If you, what if I told you today, what if you knew, understood, that every thought that you think would come to pass, if you actually believe that your thoughts initiated creation and that thoughts would manifest, you really believe that, do you think that you might be more careful about what you think? If you knew that what you thought would manifest 
Would it affect your thought life? We just randomly think. We don't have any regard for what we think. If we've been programmed in our minds to think thoughts by religion and by our culture that are contrary to the creative process and the way that God wants us to think so that we can manifest what we think, then we need to make some changes. So I'm gonna give you four thoughts this morning about thoughts. And I want you to see that it all begins with a thought. Now, we're, we're, when I'm done in six weeks, you're gonna put this into practice. Some of you are already putting it into practice. I'm hearing reports already. People are telling me what they think is manifesting. It will, but we're gonna, we're gonna refine the process. We're gonna let the gestation period uh, come to completion so that we can hit more than we miss. All right, if you can agree with me that we've been programmed by religion, programmed by our culture, to think in ways that are not right, then the first point I wanna make this morning is this. We may need to renew our minds. I know you've heard a lot in Word of Faith days, charismatic, Pentecostal, Baptist days about renewing your, your mind. But if we now see as a fact that thoughts set the creative course, that thoughts bring awareness, then we, thoughts trigger, thoughts trigger creating. I was thinking this week about the lady with the issue of blood and it's over in, in uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse, I don't know, verse 21, 22, right in there. What happens is it says, it says in, in Matthew 9, 21, that she said to herself, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment. Now I looked at several versions, several versions rightfully say that she thought to herself, so her healing began with a thought. What if she never thought, if I, if I can touch the hem of his garment, she never would have been healed. Her, her creation, her creative ability to find healing began with a thought. So we need to renew our minds. I love that word renew, because renew means to make new again. Renew, it, it, it means to restore. It means to get ourselves back to the original. So when we renew our minds, we come back to the way that God wanted us to think from the very beginning. A renewed mind gives thoughts that are contrary to what we have been programmed with. The Apostle Paul recognized that we had been programmed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says to be renewed in, this, in, in your mind, to be renewed, don't, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let that programming from religion and from culture affect you. He said to be renewed, that you might prove what is the good, the, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. I think that's three levels of creation right there. You can create what is good, what is acceptable, or you can create what is perfect. And the, in the entryway into it, Paul says, you've got to get your mind renewed, man. You cannot think like the world. You cannot think like religion has put into you. Listen to this out of the Passion Translation, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. It says, now it's time to be made new by every revelation given to you. You know what revelation does? Revelation creates new thought patterns. Revelation creates a new mindset. When you got the revelation of grace, all of a sudden it changed the way you thought. When you got the revelation of the finished work of the cross, it changed the way that you looked at the cross and the way you looked at the finished work of Jesus. 
when you got a revelation of Jesus saying it is finished. It created within you different thoughts that created a different life for you and you begin to function in some freedom and liberty that you'd never known before. It came because of a revelation. It came because you renewed your mind to a different thought pattern. Are you tracking with me? A renewed mind. Here's what a renewed mind will do. <clears throat> a renewed mind will filter the thoughts that come to it. That's what we want to do. We want to filter the thoughts that come to the mind. If, if thoughts create, then I don't want negativity. I don't want to create negativity. I don't want to create a mess. Uh, you know, I don't want to create those thoughts that come to me that say, man, that pain in your arm. I wonder if you got... You, you must have arthritis over there. No, that's not my thought. That's not what I'm creating. That's what I don't desire. So second of all, we need to understand that thoughts enter our minds through one of two sources. Thoughts enter our mind through one of two sources. Romans chapter 8. Come with me to Romans. Let's look at this. Thoughts enter our mind through one of two sources. A renewed mind will filter out the thoughts that come to your mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the two mindsets create different things. If you are carnally minded, it creates death. If you're spiritually minded, you're going to create life and peace. A carnal mind generates different thoughts, different thought patterns, different uh, creative channels than what a spirit mind does. So he's telling us, look, there's only, there's only two minds that try to give you thoughts. The carnal mind, the carnal mind is the wrong tree. The carnal mind, a, a, a mind that it makes decisions, that has thoughts based on my senses, my logic, uh, reason, they give you a choice. The carnal mind always gives you a choice. So you're, you're gonna live by choice if you live by carnal mind. And what he says is that choice is, is going to generate death. You're going to miss it. But he says a spirit mind takes you to the tree of life and you begin to hear the inner voice, which is life. It creates life and peace. So a couple of weeks ago, I did an entire teaching on, are you living by choice or voice? And it, it makes it very simple when you understand it. The, the mindset of carnality of the world, of religion that has been programmed into us, always comes with choice. Religion always wants you to make choices, right? Wants you to make choices. You better choose Jesus today. If you don't choose Jesus today, you're going to burn in hell. The tree of life just says, listen to the voice. The voice says, I've got you covered. I reconciled you, saved you, put you in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's the voice. We don't have to make a choice when you hear the voice. So what we are creating, the perfect will of God out of a renewed mind, comes by the voice and not the choice. It comes by being spirit-minded, coordinating out of unity with the Father as a co-creator. When he takes you to that tree of life and he speaks to you his word, it's gonna tell you how to think and what you think you're going to create. So do you want the voice or do you want the choice? It's all up to you. You can create either one. And we've created, man, I've created so much from choice. I'm telling you, I, I lived for so many years and I created, I created out of choice a lot of things God had no part of. God was not in it. And so have you. It seemed good. It seemed logical. It made sense. It added up. 
There were even times I'd sit down and do a Ben Franklin close. You know what a Ben Franklin close is? That's where you take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle, and list all the reasons why you should, and then the other line, side of the line, you list all the reasons why you shouldn't. And whichever one carries the most weight, that's the choice you make. We've lived out a choice. And because 50% of our culture made a wrong choice about a spouse, People made wrong choices about where to go to school, what kind of business to enter into. We, we made choices uh, about what kind of friends we were to have. And we made bad choices because we weren't listening to the voice. The creative thoughts that hit the target, that make the perfect will, the perfect creation, come from listening to the voice and not by choice. So when, when we start this creative process, first thing we got to do, get our mind renewed, get out of uh, a carnal thinking, get into spirit thinking, and we've got to know that this is the way we're going. We're going to create from hearing the voice and not the choice. Now, so many Christians live by choice, and they never listen to the voice till they get in trouble. Have you ever noticed that? Christians get themselves in their own dilemma. I got myself in my own dilemma. It's out of my choices. Then I go to God and I say, you need to talk to me how to get out of this. <clears throat> When if I would have listened to the voice to begin with, I would have created something entirely different. Can you relate to that? All right, number three. Number three. The renewed mind turned, tuned into the voice and not choice has the power to keep or reject thoughts. Let me just say that again. The renewed mind that is tuned into the voice and not the choice has the power, has the ability to receive or reject thoughts that create. Didn't Paul tell us that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5? He said, we need to cast down every thought. We need to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where do you get the knowledge of God? You don't get it by choice. You get it by voice. It comes by revelation. And that's the very first scripture we read over in Mark today. Mark chapter 7 was it, verse 13. It says, you have made the voice that comes to you, the word of God that comes to you, you've made it of no effect because of your traditions. So when God speaks to us, sometimes it doesn't seem logical, it doesn't seem right. He's trying to generate a choice. He's trying to generate a thought within us that'll move us from choice to voice, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't seem right. And so we start this creative process on the wrong step. I'm telling you, you got to get this down this morning. This is how it begins with right thoughts. The thought that comes to you will eventually manifest. The renewed mind has the power and the ability and the will to reject thoughts that we should not think, to reject thoughts that come from choice and not the voice. Now, thoughts will come. They'll knock. We can't stop. We can't stop thoughts from asking entrance into our mind. But when you realize if you receive those thoughts that they will manifest, they'll take root and they'll manifest things that you don't want, things that you don't want to create. You become very much aware of the thoughts that you're thinking. All right, one another verse from Proverbs chapter 16. Let's, let's hit the Old Testament one time. Proverbs chapter 16 and uh, verse 13. Listen, listen here. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 13. Hope you're getting something out of this today. I hope that after today, you're so cognizant and aware of the thoughts that you think. Verse 13. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 13. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, 
and they that love him speaks what is right. All right, now come back to verse three. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. So listen to this again. Commit your works, commit your actions, commit your desires to the Lord. And you know what he, he will do? He will establish your thoughts. Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. When you seek first the kingdom of God, you're seeking the thoughts that come from the Father to you, the voice, not the choice. So if you want to establish your thoughts, then commit what you're doing to the Lord. When you want to, when you want to create something, that's a work, right? That's, and I don't mean work in terms of earning salvation. It's, it's, the work is in seeing what you want to create. So when you commit that to the Lord, he then starts directing your thoughts, how to bring this thing to pass. Commit to the voice and your thoughts will take root. Your thoughts will be set, they'll take root and they will put you in a fixed position. So here's the deal, here's what happens. When you and the Father agree on a thought that contains the seed of creating, contains the plans, the desires, the destination, the vision, the belief, that you want to see transpire. When that happens, then there's two on earth that agree. The agreement that needs to be on earth in here is you and the Father. Your thoughts and the voice of the Father need to be in agreement. When the voice of the Father, the voice and your thoughts come into agreement, you don't need agreement from anybody else. You don't need to run to people and say, well, what do you think about this? Here's what, I, here's what my thought is. What do you think? They, they don't know what, what you're supposed to create. Pastor doesn't know. The prophet doesn't know. He's speaking it straight to you. When the Spirit inspires thought and you say like Mary did, so be it unto me according to your word. That's the thought. Do you know what? Right there, the conception takes place. And it's a matter of gestation, nine months for Mary, to Jesus was born. There's a gestation period, I told you that, from the thought to the manifestation. And we're gonna, we're gonna develop that process. As a, as a mother carries a baby, there are thir certain things she does, food sheets, vitamins. She goes through this gestation process to, to um, guarantee the best she can that this baby's gonna be born healthy. And we're gonna do that as well as we come through this process of creation. But I can't drive home hard enough how that we have to renew our mind, let our mind sift out, the renewed mind sift out the thoughts we don't want to create. You have the power, you have the ability to do that. And here's the fourth reason why thoughts are so important in this creative process. Thoughts, thoughts give the imagination the skeleton to flesh out. When, when God declared, let us make man, that was, that was the thought. That was the thought that went to the imagination to God. And then he began to say, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let us make him in our image and our likeness. But the original thought that set the course was, let us make man. So when you get the original thought, you get the very starting point. It comes with a thought. Now, thoughts, thoughts need to be specific, they need to be focused, they need to be intentional, because what you're gonna pass, and I'm gonna take a whole week on imagination. I've got, I've got probably 10 weeks I could teach on imagination, because it is a powerful, powerful force, a powerful spirit connector. I think it might be the most uh, 
divine part of us that we operate in is our imagination. We'll get into that. <clears throat> Thoughts and imaginations work extremely close. They are, they're all a product of the mind, but I separate them. I, I merismos them. I make distinction in them because I think they have a separate function. The, the, the part that the thought plays is to kick it off. Then the imagination builds on it. But what I want you to see this morning is the power of the unseen. The power in the unseen that your thoughts carry, that your thoughts generate. Thoughts, <clears throat> thoughts are the material that the rest of the creative process has to work with. So if we don't get the thoughts right, if the thoughts are skewed, if the thoughts are not what we want to manifest, do you want to manifest fear? Then don't think fear. Do you want to think doubt and unbelief? Do, do you want to manifest that in your life? You, you create it. I know people today that are so afraid of everything going on in the world today, like their world is ending. No, it's not. Get those thoughts out. Your renewed mind has the ability to sift through those thoughts. But without a thought, without the correct thought, there's nothing for the creative process to build on. So you need to be aware of your thoughts. Are you with me? Thought needs to have hope. Thought needs to have focused attention. It needs to have energy, motivation behind it. Matter of fact, you can tell those how hard how how those are thoughts that come from the voice. When when you feel empowered by that thought, when you're motivated by it, when it has hope, when it when it's a desire, that's one of the main ways that you can tell when a thought comes from the voice and not the choice. When there's this inner knowing that gives you uh, a drive. A motivation. So let me ask you today, what is it that you truly desire? What is it that you really want in life? What, what thought really inspires you? What thought really motivates you? The thought is just the seed. It's just the seed. It's just the start. It's the idea that captivates you, that inspires you, that motivates you. That's the thought that comes from the voice. That's the one you want to pay attention to. When it comes from the voice of the one who knows you best, then you're ready to move with it. You're ready to move it. All right, let me say this in conclusion. Now don't click off. Some of you leave when I get to the conclusion. Thoughts are a creative force in the unseen. They really are. You cannot see a thought. Thoughts Thoughts operate in the unseen, in the invisible, and they start the process of bringing it to the visible, to the seen. They start the process of making the invisible visible. So we're told that we have uh, 6,000 thoughts a day. Now, all those thoughts you don't want to create, so you have to sift them out. So to create a life that we desire, we've got to be a steward over our thoughts. We've got to take responsibility for what we think, for what we think. Now, we're going to get into this a whole lot more, but um, I, I, don't want, I don't want to overload you this morning. So what you think about as you fall asleep is important. That, that's the last, last thought of the day. Well, the first thing you think about when you get up in the morning, extreme, extreme thoughts. Train yourself before you go to sleep to think the thought that you want to see manifest. Now, don't get discouraged in this gestation period. I cannot tell you when it's going to, when it's going to birth, when, when it's, it's going to pop. I can't tell you that. But I will tell you this. It will happen. It will happen. In, the, in this creative process that I've been exercising, there have been different gestation periods for different things that I've looked to. They're not all the same. 
Jesus was very developed in this so that it could be very quick, a matter of minutes or hours in the life of Jesus. So I wanna pick up on this next week, but I don't want you to forget this, this starting point, this, this imperative, the importance of the thought, and that we need to renew our minds, sift through our thoughts, make sure that we have a focused intention on the thing that we're thinking. Don't just think I want a car. You need to think more specific about that next week when we draw the imagination. Maybe that's the thought you have. I need a car. I need a different job. I need a pay raise. Okay, that's the thought. Now we're going we're gonna to fill in the blanks next week, and we're going to talk about how imagination takes us the next step in bringing the unseen to the scene. This is all good stuff, you guys. You need to really tune into this. Don't miss one week. If you can't be here on Sunday morning, then make sure you pick it up on Wednesday, on Sunday during the week, sometime Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you got all week to pick it up. But don't let me get to the next, next teaching until you have fully digested what I'm saying this week. I'm telling you it's practical. You can test it. What I'm teaching you, you can put to the test. When I'm done in six, six weeks, got four more weeks to go. When I'm done with that, I want you to test it out. And some of you are going to get all cranked up because you're going to see your life take a dramatic turn as you put this creative process into motion. All right? God loves you. I love you. Thank you for being part of the Digital Cathedral, this worldwide community that is impacting so many lives. Appreciate all of your help your support, you're sticking with me, you're traveling with me, making this journey with me, being with me when I hit some bumps and blips and have to refocus the course. It's all part of the journey. It's all God and it's all good. See you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at The Secret Place and back next Sunday morning here at the Digital Cathedral. You have a wonderful week and think the thoughts that you wanna create. See you next time.